Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hey everybody, it's Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Hello, patrons. Yeah, hello. This is a special episode just for our Patreon patrons. Uh, We started this new segment on our podcast, the Nostalgia Podcast, which just came out. And uh, it was episode 91 of the regular podcast, but it was a long episode. We didn't have time to dive into all of these, these questions. We wanted to at least answer a few more of them. We started this segment called Weightlifting with the Minimalists. And Get so we, it? <laughs> Weightlifting? Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're trying to help folks. Uh, uh, we're, we're asking this question. What physical item is weighing you down recently and why? And uh, what we're trying to do is help you lift that weight a little bit. We got this idea from Malcolm Fontier, who makes the, the bag that I use in, in our documentary. Uh, and he's coming out with a new one at packedbags.com, P-A-K-T bags.com, a uh, new version of that. I just talked about it on the Nostalgia Podcast, so I won't go into depth on that. But he had this idea of helping people uh, lift a physical weight and, and have a sort of play on words here in the meantime, Ryan. So uh, we, re- we went out to Twitter. We're at The Minimalists on Twitter. You can reach us there and ask the questions about weightlifting. Also, if you're on Patreon, you can leave a comment below this private podcast and uh, we can have future weightlifting questions as well so what physical item is weighing you down and why Uh, the question we answered on the podcast is about julia she said her house with her lawn is weighing her down we answered that on the nostalgia podcast you you pour gasoline all over and just set it on fire yeah and then the lawn is gone (laughs) minimalism minimalism uh, let's see here. Uh, David asks, my mobile phone, it's so addictive. Ooh. Or maybe a more subtle thing, social media. And I think I think he hit the nail on the head here. Maybe it's not the phone that's a problem. Mm. It's, it's the addiction to certain things on the phone, the apps on the phone. So I, a few months ago, took the apps off my phone, the social media apps. I no longer have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram on there. And I will occasionally... Um, re-download Instagram if I want to post something like a, a Instagram story. I was at the airport the other day and I was flying and there I just saw like this whole bovine line of people sort of congregating and I took a quick shot of that and put it up on Instagram. But in order to do that, I had to re-download it while I was there and then I deleted it when I was done. And I will do that now with if I want to post something of Ella or, or whatever. And I find for me, that addiction is still there, but if I don't have access to the thing, it makes that addiction. Uh, I move on to something else. It's not a real. Yeah, it would addiction. be like yeah, <laughs> it would be like uh, yes. When a heroin addict doesn't have heroin on them, it's a lot easier for them to not do heroin. Right, right. <laughs> if you put heroin in front of a heroin addict, then I'm like, ah, I'll just leave it this time. Right. No, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would start. I would start twitching for Instagram. So I will delete it anytime I re-download it. That's me for me personally. I can still check Twitter. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Twitter on my computer right now. Yeah. And guess what? That works just fine. I don't have to have it on my phone. I don't need to. So if you want to uh, figure out what what the things. In fact, if you go, if you use an iPhone, I know that you can just go and it'll show you the things you use most recently. Mm-hmm. Like what are the apps, the eight apps you've used Which most recently? The battery the most, yeah. Right. And so, and that's the thing that we've done in the past as well is we've used the Moment app, 
which helps you track your smartphone usage. So maybe start with that. Use the Moment app. You can download that. There's a free version out there. And also the pay for version allows you to, I think, assess the um, how you're, how much of each app is using your battery. You take a screenshot each morning of of your battery screen mm -hmm. and it allows you to assess what is really draining your battery because i contend that if your phone is always about to die it's probably not the phone that has a problem <laughs> it is you or it is me that has the problem and by the way i when i say it's me i really mean it's me i mean the thing that eats up my battery most now are podcasts i listen to a lot of different podcasts mm -hmm. to a point where that becomes a problem for me and I have to I have to start questioning like, am I getting the true value from these podcasts? Am I getting value from the music I'm listening to? Am I getting value from text messaging? And and so go back and look at the things you've used most frequently yeah. and ask yourself, am I getting value from those? If not, delete it. If just for a, a week or 10 days, set a limit. Say 10 days, I'm gonna go without Instagram. Mm -hmm. Pick the one you know is draining. So if it's all social media, delete social media for just 10 days. You know why 10 days? Because you can do anything for 10 days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and then also, of course, you've got that option of letting it go. Go get a, go get a, a, a dumb phone. I guess, right. if, <laughs> I guess if, a, <laughs> if an iPhone is a smartphone, uh, then yeah, go get a dumb phone. Yeah. Well, um, who do we, who was, was it, was it Lewis Howes? Yeah, who had the flip phone? No, definitely not. I'm trying to think who it was. Um, I don't anyway, remember. we just yeah, we w one of our guests uh, while we were on that that first leg of our less is now tour. One of our guests they had a flip phone, and I was like, man, that is. It made me kind of want to get one because it is a huge distraction. It can be. Yeah, I've, I've thought a lot about it, and I mean, for me, the my phone is no longer a distraction, and because I don't have the distraction. Uh, inducing items on it right um, and I, it is it's a very useful thing for me I can use it to you know write on and keep notes I can use it uh, to listen to podcasts I use it for GPS and of course I can use it for everything I use a dumb phone for as well text messages and and uh, phone calls yeah yeah I watched a great movie this past <laughs> this past week uh, called Columbus it's so good it was so good anyway um, uh, it was in uh, like a limited run in theaters I was out in Los Angeles and uh, I just stopped in and, and saw it. And uh, the, there was a line in there. Uh, she, this girl had a dumb phone in there. And she says, smartphone, dumb person, dumb phone, smart person. And uh, well, funny. I obviously don't agree with that. No, um, but it's, it's it, catchy. It, it is catchy. And yeah. it makes you at least think like, are we becoming dumber because we have yeah. every answer at our fingertips right there. And so, so maybe just start with the things that are the actual distractions. Maybe the device itself isn't a distraction. It's some of the things on the device. Uh, who who's next here? James asks, or he says, my hand tools and power tools are weighing me down. Mm. I need some, but not a hoarder's amount. Plus, I'm addicted to buying them. Dude, this is. Um, I didn't realize how common this was. This yeah, is a very common thing. Yeah, I think of. What's well, um, a metaphor tool? Too. To, it's a metaphor. Tools are metaphor too. <laughs> because uh, uh, think about it. I mean, we, we always talk about our items or should be tools in our life, but even our tools can end up not being tools because we're not using them. Right. Well, yeah, it goes to what you always talk about with the chainsaw. Like you can use it to cut down a tree or uh, you can use it to cut up your neighbor. It's like, yeah. yes, you, you, can, uh, you can even take these, these actual tools and if you're using them wrong, then yeah, they can certainly be much more of a hindrance than a help. Or if but they're just in the way, you're not using them at all. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I was, I was thinking about um, my, I, I have an ex-girlfriend whose grandfather, like he went out of his way to like, 
keep every single tool he ever had. He's got these, uh, you know, this chest full, uh, like chests full of tools. Like you open them up and they're just like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like throughout his whole house in his garage. Um, but thinking about, uh, her thinking about having to like take care of those when he passes and like, they've had talks about this in the family. Like, what are we going to do with grandpa's tools? Mm. Anyway, um, long story short, like his, his hoarding mentality with tools is affecting the rest of the it's stressing out stress the whole family on the rest of the family. Oh yeah. man, it's crazy. So okay, so how do you how do you cut back on tools? Um, you know, well, first off, stop buying them. You said you're addicted to buying them. Well, figure out what you can get addicted to that isn't going to be a hindrance on your life. So every time you want to buy a tool, uh, maybe maybe you go donate a tool to um, a tool library or you know somewhere where you know uh, that someone else will be able to find it who can actually put that tool to use. The other thing too, tools are, it's so funny to me, man, because when I think about chainsaws, when I think about bandsaws or uh, even like a weed eater, um, maybe weed eater is a bad example if you had a yard, but like I don't have a yard, so I don't really need a weed eater. But if I ever did need one, I could go rent one. Yeah. Um, So, you know, thinking that you have to have a chainsaw because you've used it once before, maybe you've used it twice. Like you don't have to actually own the thing. Like we live in a sharing economy now where, um, you know, you can go like Missoula, Montana has a tool library. You can go there and rent tools. Um, I know there are tool rental places in, in most cities. Not, I mean, not just major cities, but like in the middle of nowhere, I know they've got like little tool rental companies where you can pretty much go and rent anything. Yeah. Um, the things we think we need, we, we rarely ever yeah. actually use. And, and you could use, um, remember that guy in Albuquerque? The first time we went to Albuquerque, he talked about how he used Craigslist as his storage unit. I do remember this. This was 2011. Yeah. And he was talking about like, yeah, if I need to uh, use an axe, I'll go to Craigslist. I will buy an axe. Mm. I'll use it. And then I will sell it back uh, you know, I'll, I'll go to Craigslist and, and, and sell it essentially putting it back, um, into the storage unit of the, the Craigslist storage unit. Right. So, I mean, there are a lot of ways to get around this, but you know, as goes anything, uh, you have to have a plan, but you also have to work that plan. So, um, figure out what's going to be best for you. Although I guess the people who are uh, like whoever tweeted that's probably not going to hear this podcast or hear this answer. But if you're somewhere, if one of you are someone like this, this gentleman, um, yeah, figure out what the right plan is for you and and act on that plan. Yeah. And, and uh, a couple rules that might help you out. Ryan sort of mentioned you buy one thing, get rid of one thing. If you have an abundance of tools, which it sounds like you do, you said you have a hoarder's amount. I like the one in 10 out rule. Yeah, if that's you decide to bring one new tool in your life, you have to get rid of 10. Right. And that's going to make you start thinking about A, the things you're bringing into your life, but B, the things you're holding on to. And you're going to find really quickly, you're going to be able to get rid of 10 things to be able to justify that one new thing you want. Yeah. And so maybe it's one in 10 out. If you have a lot, if you have a hoarder's amount, maybe it's one in a hundred out. Yeah, Set up the rule that's right for you. The other rule that has really helped me out is the 90-90 rule. Have I used this tool in the last 90 days? Am I going to use it in the next 90 days? If not, I give myself permission to let go. In fact, we just went through our toolbox at home recently, Ryan, mm-hmm. and uh, we removed some stuff from it that we knew we hadn't used in a while. And we have a, I mean, we certainly don't have a, we, we have a small toolbox, mm-hmm. but uh, everything in there we've either used in the last 90 days or I'm certain I'll use it in the next 90 days. Right. So uh, that's, uh, that's our, our answer to you, James. JP says, the house I no longer live in. Uh, okay, either rent it if you can or sell it. If you rent it, if you want to be a landlord, if you hate the idea of being a landlord like me, 
let go of that house, man. Yeah. It's, if it's, it sounds like it's not adding any value to your life. If it's weighing you down, that's what this question is. If it's weighing you down, you got to let it go, man. It might mean you have to sell it. And uh, You might have to lose money on it, too. I mean, You I, had to. Well, yeah, when I sold my home, um, I, I kept justifying, like, renting it out because, you know, I, dude, I was so upside down on the place. Renting it out, still, I still was a net loss of, like, 100 bucks a month. Every single month. You're yes. Really, and then, by the way, that was not counting if a water heater went out. Right, or exactly. Or your fridge you had to replace exactly. or something like that. So it was in many cases a thousand dollars a month if something bad happened or two thousand mm-hmm. dollars in a month yeah dude i'll tell you that's like one of the biggest adult lessons i've had man because we went on tour in 2014 and we sold a lot of books yeah. we, we did a really good job I, I picked up a lot more mentoring clients and it was great like um you know i had you know like 12 like twelve thousand bucks i was like oh wow like this is awesome i got this money saved up Every single dime of it, I had to pay when mm. I sold the when I sold the uh, the condo. Yeah, a house is not an actual investment, and yeah, I, that's why. Like I, that's, yeah, I realize that we're we're taught we're told that that houses are an investment, but they're really not. They are a money pit for mm-hmm. most of us most of the time. If you can afford to buy a house with cash, and then you want to rent it out to other people because you feel. That, that you can make more money than if you were to invest that money in the stock market, then yes, that is an investment. Sure. But I'll I, tell you, man, like, I don't regret it. I do not regret, put, like, getting rid of all, like, pretty much that, that savings that I had, like, putting all that towards getting rid of that debt. Like, not being debt, being debt free mm-hmm. is a much better feeling to me than if I had an extra 12,000 bucks sitting in the bank right now. Yeah. Because at that point, I still would be in debt even though I have <laughs> a bigger bank account. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, let the house go. That is, I don't know why, why would you hold on to a house if you're not living there? Yeah, unless you, I mean, like, like my friend Jamar, who owns a bunch of properties. Right. But like, that's what he, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, if it's, it's not, not weighing an, him down, he <clears throat> loves being a landlord. If it's not an investment, then yeah, I don't know why someone would just hold on to a house because you got to pay taxes on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, there's a lot what of costs is, associated with it. Talk that. about a big weight, man. That is a hard hard yeah. weight to carry but it's an easier weight to lift you can get rid of it mm-hmm. and just drop that weight you can set it down um well this isn't a thing but melanie says not having enough hours in the day and uh that that's weighing her down here's the thing that's not a thing that's weighing you down and here's the cool part you do have enough hours in the day because mm-hmm. you have the same exact amount of hours that i have right you have 24 hours today and you show me your calendar, I will show you what your priorities are. Absolutely. So the problem isn't the hours in the day. The problem is prioritizing accordingly. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't blame the hours in the day. That you cannot change. Um, what you can change is, you know, instead of working on uh, the symphony you want to compose, uh, going to school to be a doctor and uh, learning how to be a, a stunt driver, um, <laughs> those are choices that one makes. Um, and certainly if that's the choices they're making, they're not going to have enough hours in the day to learn how to do all that stuff. And so by the something way, has to give, those and, sound it's like not gonna, choices. and it's not going to be the sun and the rotation of the earth. <laughs> right, right. You're not going to get a 25th, 26th, 27th hour in the day. Right. But the choices you just... Uh, spouted out there. Those are actually better than most of the choices most of us make. Of course. Our, our real days are like, 
well, I'm going to get on Facebook again. I'm going to check Twitter. I'm going to check Instagram. Uh, yeah. I'm going to check YouTube. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to browse the news, whatever it is. We're wasting our time on meaningless pacifiers. Mm. And so it's not letting go or trying to get more hours a day. It's letting go of the pacifiers. If we can do that, we'll find more time. That's been one of the biggest benefits for me is minimalism has allowed me to find the not more time in my day, but but make more time for meaningful creations, meaningful activities. Yeah, I mean, minimalism helps you really boil down what it, what are the most important things in your life and how are you going to focus on those things and get rid of the distractions. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Ashley says, uh, what's weighing me down? Letting go of expensive things because I paid so much in the past and it feels wasteful sunk cost yes it's a sunk cost fallacy yeah it's like yeah i remember uh because we worked at a cell phone company i had a bunch of cell phones that i was holding on to old expensive blackberries yeah man i mean blackberries they were 4.99 retail uh-huh. um our company paid like 4.89 it's not like we you know paid 12 dollars for the phone and then jacked the price up you know six thousand percent um, so the phone was actually, you know, brand new. It was worth around 500 bucks. Right. But a two-year-old BlackBerry isn't, gonna, isn't worth anything. Mm. And trying to, you know, for me, looking at the $500 that that BlackBerry used to be worth, all it did was it gave me a false perception of what that phone was actually worth. But being honest with myself and, and going through the packing party and really trying to get rid of the things that I wasn't using, like it helped me see like, yeah, if I could, maybe, maybe I could sell this Blackberry for 20 bucks. Maybe I get 50 bucks out of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'll never get the $500 back. There is an app. There is a hundreds of dollars. I'm sorry. There are hundreds of dollars of sunk cost in that Blackberry that I had to accept doesn't matter how I looked at it. Yeah. And even, you know, if I could get 50 bucks out of it, selling uh, you know, those things on eBay or on Craigslist and going back and forth with the, you know, the haggling and the negotiating on the price. Like for me, I could have done a lot more with an hour of my time mm. than, uh, you know, um, than, than trying to nickel and dime every little physical item that I thought I could get something out of. Um, for me, I could take an hour and go work at the soup kitchen or, you know, go do something for Habitat for Humanity or write. Um, like to me, that an hour of doing that is worth way more than what I would get out of a BlackBerry. Yeah. And if you have debt, maybe selling it makes a lot of sense. Getting every little $20 yeah. bit that you can to pay down that debt because the freedom is worth a lot more than holding on to the widget that is useless yeah, to you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so so the thing isn't worth what you think it's worth. It's worth what someone is willing to pay for it. If you can't sell it for any money, then it's literally worth less. It's <laughs> worth nothing at all. And so uh, it's worth whatever someone else is willing to pay for it. You're not willing to pay for it, but you are paying for it. You're paying for it with your time and your attention. If you are holding on to something that is stressing you out, and the thought of you know giving it away feels wasteful, or it feels like you're losing hundreds of dollars. Whatever it is, you know, you said it's 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 worth less. Mm. I would I would posit that it's worth it's worth less than zero. It's exactly. actually yeah, it's negative. Yeah, because um, it's draining resources. Yes, yes, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. All right, a couple more here. Taser says, change it. Um, <laughs> says, uh, clothes between a growing toddler and a husband, 
that changes outfits frequently and keeping my quote pre-pregnancy clothes, it drives me insane. <laughs> well then. Yeah, I mean, you, you're already answering the, the question for yourself here. Anything that's driving you crazy, you have to be willing to let go of it. I mean, yeah. it, it, that is, it's it's blaring lights. It's neon sign. Crazy, 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 crazy. <laughs> and and it's saying, Everything must go. Literally. But seriously. Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah. must go. And, and so um, here's the thing. The average uh, American gets rid of 88 pounds of clothes a year. Oh my You're going to have to be part of this. You're going to have to let go of these clothes. But then the best way to, to reduce that number going forward is to own clothes that you enjoy, that you can wear for a long period of time to simplify your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to episode 56 of our podcast. It's the clothing episode. and It's a long episode, and we talk about all the nuances of how to create an ideal wardrobe that you're going to enjoy and you're going to bring far less in in the future, which means you're not going to have to keep letting go of 88 pounds of clothes a year. Mm. But let go of them now. Find someone else who can enjoy those clothes because you're not enjoying them anymore if it's driving you insane. And then curate your wardrobe so that you have a functional wardrobe that you enjoy putting on every single day. Yeah. How nice would it be to just walk in your closet and not even worry about the clothes you're picking out because you know whatever you grab off the shelf, whatever you grab off a hanger, you're going to look great in it. Yeah. Because you've done all the work up front making sure that you have only the clothes that you love. Exactly. All right, last question here, Ryan, from Sarah. She says, I have three dogs and two cats, and their stuff feels like it's cluttering my home. Beds, food bowls, scratching posts, litter trays. So that's weighing her down. Wow. Here's what I'll say. Is all of your, your pets, they're born in the wild. They're, they're the extreme minimalists. They own no <laughs> possessions, right? Those aren't their possessions. They're yeah. your possessions. Yeah, that you have designated to your animals. Right. And You're I get, saying, hey, animal, you need this thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a much better way to approach, to approach this. Um, golly. Uh, like with our cat? Yeah. We haven't bought him a toy. We haven't bought him a toy since Mariah and I moved in together. He's got a few toys, and like he'll lose some of them here and there. I don't know where they end up mm-hmm. under we the washer. We probably yeah, we don't replace them. Yeah. Um. I take it back. I did buy him a cat bed mm-hmm. that he never laid in. Ah. Uh-huh. And then what a I lesson. Just, yeah. And then I I ended up donating it. Um. But yeah, the, the, those things that your animals have, those are your things. Yes. And you get to decide what things you hold on to. And by the way, they're probably not going to miss them. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say thanks real quick to everyone who's supporting us on Patreon. You know, yes. we, we are, we're really trying to keep our podcast 100% advertisement free. But we also want to make more meaningful creations for you. Videos and other podcasts and bring live callers on the air, build this podcasting and film studio so we can create more meaningful work for you. And none of that money goes to me. None of that money goes to Ryan. It's uh, just to create these creations. And we want to thank you by putting out these these bonus episodes and other live streams and a bunch of other cool stuff once, once we reach our thresholds over on Patreon. So thank you for supporting yes. us. It thank is, you very much. <clears throat> it really does help, and uh, we're really grateful. If yeah, leave- whether it's two dollars or whether whether you're given two bucks or twenty bucks, like whatever it is, uh, Josh and I are incredibly grateful that you're willing to uh, donate to us and help us create some more meaningful content. So. Yes, I'm just echoing what you're saying, man. Like it means a lot to me. Yeah. Yes, indeed. If you leave here with one message, we hope it's this: 
Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for And you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it So tear your eyes away Or tear